Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Michelle from CrossFit Lock 60 in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. What's up, Michelle? How are you today? Good. How are you doing? doing well thanks so much for taking the time to join us i appreciate it thanks for having me of course all right so let's jump right into the details here wasting no time what is it that made you want to own your own gym how did you get started um well uh, i've been in the fitness industry for about 11 years um when i was in personal training school i found out about crossfit through one of my mentors who ended up being my first coach as well um so I started managing multiple gyms in the area, and then the gym that I kind of landed on over the past five years uh, helped grow and build, and then I ended up taking it over about three years ago. So I've been owning the gym for three years. Okay. All right. Awesome. So you've kind of come up through every level of the process then into ownership. Yeah, Absolutely. So that's super helpful learning things along the way. A lot of people just kind of jump right into ownership and don't have those lessons along the way that you learn through managing a facility even. So uh, good foundation there to build on. Yeah. I, um, you know, between learning what you want out of a business, what you look for, what you don't want, um, yeah. it's definitely um, something that I took along the way before taking the responsibility of actually, you know, buying them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Those things that you <clears throat> learn what not to do sometimes are even more important than the what to do's along the way. So, all right. Uh, so now what does your business model look like currently? Are you doing group classes, one-on-one, semi-privates? Kind of walk us through the setup there. Yeah, we, we mostly run off of the class-based setting. Um, you know, I do because I... I and the sole owner, and I do have personal training experience. I do take on individual clients, mm-hmm. but because um, I am here from 6 a.m. to 7 o'clock at night from, on most days, um, you know, you take you take from one, you're gonna take from another. Right? So um, I try to dedicate most of my time to the gym, and then I just have a few uh, personal training clients that I have on the side. Um, but for the most part, it's just it's a class-based thing. Okay. All right. And as far as the membership base goes, how many members are you currently serving? Right now, um, you know, we, between COVID and then we actually had like a hundred year flood that went through my gym. Oh my gosh. Um, so membership is down. We're about at 40 members right now. So, um, I'm at that stage at the moment where I'm really trying to generate more new uh, members into the gym. Um, and we really had a lot of recovery between COVID and um, having to reconstruct the gym after uh, Hurricane Ida. Mm. Okay. Um, so now, where would you ideally like that membership to be? So you're at about 40 now. Ideally, what does that number look like for membership? Um, it's low. I mean, we talk about inflation, you talk about rent, um, everything that you owe, you know, and then we are a luxury expense, you know, so it's retention can be hard, especially at times like this. Um, you know, I've always had a goal of 100 members um, mm-hmm. my entire 
career has always been let's shoot for 100. And then it's always been something where it hits us real hard and then we get a major step back. So, um, you know, the number is always 100 for me. It's always something that has been a lifetime goal. Um, and I just shoot for every day. Okay. All right. And so if you were able to get to a hundred members, what would that do for the business itself? What would that do for your life? I mean, I know having a, a low membership can be challenging in a lot of areas and, and stressful as well. So is that kind of the mark where things are a little bit easier as far as making sure you're covering overhead and kind of taking some of the pressure off? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you work extremely hard. You feel like you're putting in all these hours, all this time, your dedicated time between running classes. And then, you know, you spend your off hours trying to find ways in which to bring in new members and provide a, an additional service or do more for your current membership base. You know, from the second I wake up in the morning, the second I go to bed and even sleeping, you, know, you think about these things. Um, so definitely it does take away a lot of that stress. You know, you think about this time where like now where I don't take a paycheck home because of how, you know, limited we are when it comes to revenue. So, um, you know, it is, it is a stressor and it's something that you want to make a life out of your passion. You mm -hmm. know, you want to be able to, you know, provide for yourself and your loved ones, um, doing what you love to do every right. day. So yes, 100 members would be, would help take a lot of that stress away for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's something that, you know, you're passionate about, you really want to make work and working so hard and not being able to take a paycheck home sometimes is as about, about as frustrating as it gets. Yeah. Um, so I've been there. I, I completely understand what that feels like. Now, as far as your um, marketing or getting the word out there to mm -hmm. draw new people in, what does that look like? Um, so, I mean, I'm a firm believer in word of mouth. I mean, I've tried every avenue in the sense of trying to um, bring in, you know, new members, whether it's ads, um, Groupons, uh, going out onto the street and, and handing out flyers, you know, um, talking with you know, local businesses and, and exchanging, um, you know, promotional events and things like that. Um, I've done a lot of that. But at the end of the day, 99% of my members um, are people who have been brought in by somebody that they knew, who they trust and understand, you know, how much it affected their lives in a positive light. Mm -hmm. that they want to feel the same experience and because they trust me they and they trust them that they're able to like feel that confidence to be able to walk in here and um see what it's all about so i rely mostly on word of mouth i know how difficult that can be um but you know i, I try ways in which you know to provide incentives for my own members to do that work for me because it is it's a lot you for to put on a lot of responsibility for myself and it's something that it's not necessarily a strength of mine. I know where my strengths and weaknesses lie and marketing and things like that are not my strong suit. So I try to rely on those people that want to build and support something that they love just as much and help in that aspect. So I rely a lot on uh, word of mouth in that way. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, word of mouth is fantastic in a lot of ways, the word of mouth, the referrals, just because those people really add to the community in a good way. They kind of come in basically ready to sign up essentially. Um, so that's the, the great aspect of it. The not so great aspect of it is that it's not trackable. Sure. Um, and, and not easy to rely on because on a monthly basis, we can't rely on the fact that we're going to see and people come in on word of mouth or whatever it might be. Um, so that's the side that's tough because if we can't track it, it makes it really hard to grow it. Yeah. So on the side of like Facebook, Google, Instagram, have you, you have run ads in the past and just didn't see great results with them? Yeah, I've, I've run like I've run um, ads in the past. Um, I've done things within the community in the sense of just like even providing discount rates to those that live within the area because we are in a town um, atmosphere that people walk through every day. So mm -hmm. um, discounted rates for those that actually live within our town and within walking distance of our uh, facility. Um, and again, like I've done Groupon and all those. Um, but yeah, it's um, I think because we are a luxury expense and, and also the name CrossFit in general, I think provides a very intimidating factor. Um, there's a lot of misconception out there, but not all CrossFit, we all fall under the name, but we're not all created equal. And how we provide a service may be different than the CrossFit that's down the street or in another state. Um, we right. all have our own vision and how we run it. Um, so again, that's another reason why I, I rely a lot on word of mouth because people will be more at ease in a sense of knowing something like, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about a general understanding about what we do and what we provide as a service. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I, I talk about a lot with people when they are running ads through Facebook, Instagram, Google, whatever it might be. A lot of times there's this like misconception that it has to be an advertisement that's like really professional and really well put together and somebody in the gym who's like ripped and and you know lifting a lot of weight or whatever it might be but that tends to scare people away and I know with CrossFit that there are a lot of misconceptions out there and a lot of kind of walls that you have to break down even initially when people just come in the door yeah. um so a lot of times I always suggest just putting people out there within your advertisements that are in your gym that look like normal people that look like the people that you're looking to draw into the gym because right. otherwise people run the other way you know yeah. it's like they want to see something that they can relate to like that looks like me oh if he or she does it I can do it you know um so that's something that's it's super important in that regard but I know uh, there are a lot of other CrossFit but owners that I talk to that do experience those same things and kind of breaking through those walls initially is important. Yeah. Um, so when somebody does show interest in becoming a member or trying out the facility, what is it that they're coming in for? Is it like a trial or a consultation or how do you set things up when they do show interest in the facility itself? I'm a firm believer in providing service or having them join a class that they're going to get the full experience. Mm -hmm. The first class is free, no matter who walks in the door, first experience, the first time is free. I just want them to come in and kind of see what it's all about. 
understanding that 99% of the people that walk through my door are just like them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in that I may have somebody who's been here for five years and then I have somebody who's here for five days. They're all getting the same experience instead of in a sense that they're getting, you know, quality coaching, um, you know, quality programming. And the community is what is my biggest selling point. Um, it's all very welcoming. You know, we're all friends here. Um, and understanding that their day, their hour is taken care of from the mm -hmm. up to, you know, make sure that they're in a safe environment, they're doing something that they can do, but still getting a great workout in. Everything can be modified to their ability. So getting them that full experience and understanding that, you know, putting their stress at ease in the sense that they're going to be able to do something, you know, and it may not be exactly what I program, but again, it's going to be modified to their ability and that they can see progress on and understanding that they're going to get the same intensity, the same workout as somebody who's been doing this for a very long time. And it's something to shoot for and look for and strive for. Right. But they're all the same, you know, and they walk in, they have a great workout, they do it together and they walk out and they enjoy the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I get them to join a class, you know, like anybody else. And, um, and, and I experienced that um, right from the start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so now one thing I always love to ask about um, within the business, any key challenges, and we, we talked about this a little bit as far as the, uh, the membership level, the, the leads coming in, et cetera, key challenges or bottlenecks, what would you say are the main areas that you're focusing most of your attention to within the business right now? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously wanting to get more people in the door. Mm -hmm. That's always been my biggest challenge, um, you know, finding ways because I know that is a weakness of mine. You know, it's not something that I necessarily know how to do well. I know how to provide a service once they get here, but how to get them in the door is something that I do struggle with, um, mm -hmm. you know, lie about that. I am very confident in the sense of the service that I do provide and and knowing what can separate us from other gyms. Um, my knowledge base and all of that, but my biggest stressor is, is yeah, just, is learning how to get people to walk in the door. Once they're here, retention is pretty well um, mm -hmm. because they see what they're buying into. Um, right. But, yeah, again, like I said, that's probably my biggest, my biggest uh, hurdle right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so ideally, how many new faces would you like to see on a monthly basis to kind of put you in that more comfortable position? I mean, um, I always shoot, like for, to have three to five new members a month, I think is a very um, reasonable number to shoot Absolutely. for. Um, you know, I'm not trying to like shoot for the moon here and have high expectations, but um, you know, to, to see inquiries, you know, consistent inquiries um, throughout the month, people that we you know, asking about our gym and, and memberships and things like that. Mm -hmm. Three to five is something that, you know, has always been a goal of mine. Right, okay. All right. So three to five new members on a monthly basis, very doable, you know, mm -hmm. to get to that 
next level. Absolutely. Now, within the membership now, are there any other services that you're providing to the members who are currently in your facility? Because there are multiple ways to grow a business. So getting more members, getting the members you have to pay more by providing them a higher level of service to ascend into potentially uh, and keeping members longer. So any other services as far as um, nutrition, accountability, supplementation, uh, retail, anything else to provide a higher level of service, but then also another stream of revenue for the business? Mm -hmm. I mean, other than CrossFit classes, we do have Olympic lifting and endurance classes. Um, we did have yoga for a little while, um, but we do have a supplement um, service we have here as well as drinks and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, like retail clothing, people can buy um, at this store that we had in the gym. Okay. All right. So a couple of other um, things or services for the members to buy within the facility. Um, buy nutrition as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. And does that typically provide a pretty solid stream of revenue on a monthly basis or? Um, not really. No. <laughs> Usually it's it's small stuff like RF bars, um, you know, drinks and things like that that people will buy because it's right. very available. Okay. Um, so it's just it's small team. Right. Okay. Um, so now, what is the big picture? goal for you within the gym? Usually we get started for one specific reason or another or multiple reasons, but where are you looking to take the gym? What is, I like to call it like a unicorn goal, like in an ideal world, where would you, uh, where would you be within the gym? Um, I, I mean, my vision has always been something that it could be a place where, I mean, I, my community is, is my number one. Mm -hmm. I bought this gym because of that. Um, my members, I care very much about. That's why I wanted to try to keep it open every day and why I continue to come to work every day. Um, you know, so it just continue to build that community for them, um, continue to buy, build a service in which, you know, different avenues. I'm a huge advocate for sports psychology as well. So I like to incorporate those aspects in um, my own teachings, but like as a digital service. Mm -hmm. mine. Um, and just kind of like a one size fits all for fitness in general. You know, I, I used to have yoga, but I'm, I would love to have it back. Um, just different um, ways in which people can utilize fitness um, in multitude of ways, not just CrossFit. You know, right. I also hold the name Lock 60 Athletics because I like to use that in the sense that would not just be a CrossFit gym, but be something more than that, provide more for um, these members and what they're paying for, because at the end of the day, they are providing service and I hold their health in my hands. So not just a physical aspect, you know, um, but also nutrition, mental, all of these things. And again, a community in which they're able to take a part of their day and come to and employ. So if it's, that's always been my goal, you know, it's never been about as much of a number, um, or revenue, a sense of just being able to be happy with the way the gym is um, and continue in that regard. Right, right. right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And providing that level of service and helping people, helping more people. Sure. Um, and one thing that you said there is that like, it's so much more than just the physical stuff, just the working out. There are so many levels to it. And, you know, the sports psychology piece and the mental side of things is, is huge. And what working out does for people on so many levels mentally, as far as confidence goes, and it translates into so many other areas of people's lives. Right. And, you know, if you can be that person to provide that for people, that's, so rewarding, you know, because you're literally changing people's lives, whether it be you're saving their lives because you're helping them with their health and uh, getting off of medications or losing weight or, you know, whatever it might be there. But then also a lot of times once people really commit to working out and getting into a routine in that part of their life, it translates into so many other levels. You know, they're better parents, they're better husbands, they're better wives, they're better girlfriends, they're better boyfriends, whatever they might be. They're better at work. You know, it really helps people take it to the next level. So that's what's really rewarding about all of that. And yeah. no, I mean, I, so I went to college for, I wanted to be a psychology teacher. Mm -hmm. And then when I got out of college, um, you know, with, the way the uh, teaching was at the time, like it was hard to get a, a teaching job. So yeah. it got me back into fitness. And I understand the why, you know I mean? I, I've, I understand why, how people, people learn differently, just like in school, when they're in the gym, they respond differently. They don't need always, not everyone needs a cheerleader, not everybody needs somebody, you know, yelling down their throat, like, mm -hmm. Everyone responds differently. Everybody learns differently, whether it's a cue, whether it's visual, something. Um, and, you know, and I, it helps me better understand those people I work with every day as well. I know how to better get, get more out of them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that a lot of times people just look at us as like glorified babysitters. I mean, they don't understand that, you know, you have somebody who walks in your door and you're going to teach them one of the, probably one of those technical lifts you will ever teach somebody in like an Olympic lift, like a snatch or a clean. And understanding the intricacies that go into that. And then to be able to teach somebody how to do that, you know, and then them walking out. I mean, I had people who say like they're off anxiety medication because of what they came from. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, their day just made them feel so much better as they left, you know, and, and what they were able to accomplish or just small accomplishments within the gym in terms of, you know, seeing progress or something they've been working so hard at. You know, the mental side is so much more to what we do than anything else, um, you know, because it just makes that physical that much more um, rewarding. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I take great pride in, and I think that's also what really separates us from what Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. And um, my sister actually went to school for sports psychology. So it's like, you know, a lot of the things that you say, it's, it's like almost, I feel like I'm talking to my sister, you know, because she's very much so on the same page as you. Um, so I love that. I love that aspect. And it's like having just like a well-rounded community that kind of covers all of that. And it's just a place for people to go to escape you know, and, and better their lives in so many ways. So absolutely. I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, now 
One thing that I'd love to touch on with every gym owner that I speak with is uh, if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own facility, uh, what would that be? What's one of the biggest things that you've learned uh, over the years of being in the industry? It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, I think that what really keeps me going is my passion. And so if you are extremely passionate about what you do, then it, it's it'll be I, i'm a firm believer that it'll be worth it in the end you know it's it's not an easy thing there's definitely a lot of more bad than good that i experience on a, on a daily basis just because of the you know obviously the financial strife but um you know all the lulls that go into it i mean the long hours you know the um time and, and everything that you put into it but at the end of the day, like those hard times are so much more in the end if you truly do care about what you do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of business owners out there who buy gyms because they think it's gonna be fine or just because they can. And it's great, it's awesome. Um, but I'm not one of those people that bought a gym for that reason. I bought a gym because I am extremely passionate about these people. I'm passionate about what I do. Um, my knowledge, and I put a lot of time into that. And I know it's extremely difficult, but I also believe in myself and I believe in um, my business. So mm -hmm. if, if you're passionate about it, I mean, I, you know, it's going to be hard, but it's definitely worth it in the end. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And that's what keeps you going on those tough days, you know, absolutely. the passion. Sure. So. All right. Awesome. So now uh, as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, we, uh, CrossFit Block 60 um, is our, uh, we can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, pretty sure we're on Twitter as well. Um, so you can find us on any of those avenues. All right, perfect. So Michelle from CrossFit Lock 60 in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Well, thank you so much, Bray. I really appreciate it. having me on. Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, manager of Breakthrough Fitness Center in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, Stacey Saratelli. How are you doing today? Good. Good to be here. Fantastic. I am excited. You have a, a unique role among our guests, and I think uh, we're going we're gonna to have a great conversation. So before we get into that, just give us the, the lowdown. What's Breakthrough Fitness Center all about? Well, we've been in business for 25 years. Um, a couple different owners have 
had it uh, over the 25 years, actually two different owners. Um, they're a 100% local island gym. They're on the south yeah. end of Hilton Head. So we have a, a lot of members. We also have a lot of visitors. Um, we, we try to be, I always joke that it's the no rules gym. We try to be really casual and fun. And, and that's why we have a very good demographic, all different types of people. We have 88 year old lady that walks on the treadmill in her sweater set to 300 pound guys slamming weights in the back and dropping, you know, heavy, heavy bars. So we have a, we have a variety, variety. All right. Perfect. So we'll get into some of that, the services and the layout and all that stuff in a few, but you've been with the gym for 18 years, um, which is incredible on, on its own, but um, trainer, manager, there's there's been some roles that you've had. So um, was this your first job in the fitness industry? Give us a little bit of background of how you ended up there and, and how you've made this uh, kind of progress through the company. Um, well, when I I got out of college at I'm Penn State and I was in a commercial recreation capacity. I started working at a retirement community as an assistant director. So I had some uh, doing business with that. I was there about four years. While I was there, I also got my ACSM certification as opposed to many other certifications. And I realized that was more my love, training, instructing, than doing the books. Um, so when I had my son, I kind of put it on hold for a little bit, stayed teaching classes. I decided to come back into training as an independent contractor. And I went to Breakthrough as well as another training studio and just started building my clientele. So I was really just an instructor and trainer there for a while. Um, and my friend that was the owner, she wanted to sell it. The landlord took it over and I offered to help manage it because I had the experience and I knew he needed that because he was not a gym guy at all. So that's how it started. <laughs> all right. So he, he took it over. You're there. And what's that? About 10 years ago, he took About it over. 10 years ago. Okay. So you had already been in the fold for, for eight years or so. Mm -hmm. You raised your hand and said, hey, if you're going to take this thing over, I'll be your, your right hand. I'll help you as much as I can. I, I mainly still want to be a trainer, but I know the flow. I know the people. I know all this stuff. Let's work together. And, and um, you know, that way you, he didn't have to learn the gym business or go find somebody. You were already the inside right. person. Okay. So you've been working basically hand in hand with him since he took over. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on that progression, have there been, you know, has have there been any like major changes, initiatives, things added, things taken away, kind of under your watch that that you've overseen? Yeah. So, you know, he took it over. And the big, the big push was, all right, this, we got to keep, this is 10 years ago. We got to keep this gym afloat. I go, my opinion, I told him, I said, stop with all these crazy rules. We're an island. Take away uh, contracts where you, you punish people for canceling. Let people that aren't members work out with your established training staff that had been there. I mean, there's one trainer that's been there the entire time it's been open. I mean, let's just, let's be like that gym. Let's not be the pain in someone's side gym because it's a small island. You don't, you know, you don't want someone out of a contract. They're bad mouthing on the end. So we kind of, I got him because he wasn't a gym person where I need to have numbers on my books, all that, that they, they love that, that uh, idea. He was like, okay. And we started selling class punchers, which now a lot of gyms do, but then it was unheard of. And so we became more laid back. And I used to joke, that's why I said that, because that was a way for, you know, us to get more clients, which he makes a good amount of money off the client percentages, but also to get people in the door, whether it's a year or a month, some, you know, 
different ways to do it. So uh, that was really a good thing that happened with, with when he when he was over. And then I, uh, like I said, we have very established training staff that's been there. So we all run ourselves as far as, you know, hiring and firing these trainers that we really don't have to. We're all pretty uh, established and busy. And that was already in place. So that was really good for him that way. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, the services that the gym offers. You have open gym, you have classes, you have personal trainers, including yourself. Um, with being in a tourist area in Hilton Head Island, um, having sort of transient community seasonal, are there any things that you think that you do that are different than somebody might might see in their regular neighborhood open access gym? Anything that you've got implemented to accommodate that type of clientele or the people that are in the area? Well, I, I think because there's two things. We are a, low, a, a visitor destination, so we do get a ton of visitors. But we also are a, a second, I'm going to move somewhere from where I used to live destination. So mm -hmm. no one's really from here. You know what I mean? So a lot of times you walk into a gym and it's like, oh, I, who's that person? You're, you're, you're walking into a class where they've all their click, you know, it's very clicky. You don't have, you have, they're all friends, but when someone new comes into a classroom, gym, it's like, oh, where are you from? What's your, because that's all the time. So people that are new to whether the week or wanted to join feel really comfortable and don't feel like they're not part of the club because you know it's always evolving which is i think a really nice aspect of that and i mentioned the demographic before like i said we you know we have multi-millionaires that live on the oceanfront homes that come to our gym to you know the food and beverage guy that you know pays month to month because that's all i can do we have all sorts of demographics which i again think that's great too and they all vary it's very social gym People we have, you know, sit at the front. We, we actually have a bar that's where you check in, but there's actually bar stools. <laughs> and so people sit there. So it's very, it's a really communal kind of gym. And then when the visitors come in, I think they pick up on that positive vibe and they, and they always come back. I mean, there's, I'll say, oh, you're back again, 10th year in a row, eighth year in a row. You know, they get, every time they come back on vacation, they're, they're back at breakthrough. So it's really kind of a, that's a, a really positive thing I can say about the gym for sure. Awesome. Awesome. So um, one of the things that you've been through in your time in the gym that kind of factors into this same thing with the demographics and the people is you were able to avoid having, you know, any type of catastrophe from COVID. I mean, I know it affected a lot of people personally, everybody knows someone who got sick or, or you know, possibly passed away from it. But from a business standpoint, the way that people moved around, where they went, um, the local laws and, and things like that, you almost came out on the up from the COVID and how it went. Mm -hmm. um, the, so we were shut down on the island for about three weeks, a little bit longer, maybe. I know it, was, it wasn't long. Um, and when we, you know, we opened back up, they were pretty strict with, you know, masking like everybody was. Um, and that lasted six months but when the minute we opened back up like i said i uh told you earlier when perhaps i our members did ship did drop about 20 percent. and of course you know a lot of our older clients very fearful 100 got that but as we opened back up and all these people had been coming here to stay because they're on lockdown they wanted to be someplace warm uh we had so many visitors on the island and they were like I said, people that go to gyms tended to not be as 
fearful. And so they, that demographic was like, yay, your gym is open. Thank God I'm from New York. I'm from New Jersey. I'm where, I can't even work out. I can come work out. So they were like, so aesthetics, so we had constant day passes and week passes where normally we would only see a cre increase in that in the summer. We are now seeing that all year. And that's very new post COVID. And that's just not gyms. It's the restaurants, it's the rentals, it's the topic. So our our downtime on the island where we were like, oh, we're off season doesn't happen anymore. And that's very true for the gym as well. Very true. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, you guys were in in the right position and it still it speaks to what you've done there. You know, that the gym has to have the right feel for people to be comfortable, whether it's things you put in place for cleanliness or following restrictions or just how you and the, the desk staff uh, approach people or embrace them when they come in as far as making them feel comfortable there versus, you know, another gym or just not leaving their house or, or whatever it may be. So kudos to you for that, for sure. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is if, if there's a dynamic to be managed as far as you being a trainer, I know you've been there for a long time, you know, a lot of people, but you know, we see kind of both sides where you have someone who's in a management position that absolutely won't train because it's there's stratification, but you are putting things into place, kind of keeping things together on the, on the business level, but also down there with the other trainers doing what they're doing. So what are there pros and cons to that? Is it all pros? I know that's definitely not all cons. How do, how does that dynamic get managed? So, uh, so my position basically is, you know, hiring and firing staff, you know, making sure that the schedule is complete, that there's someone there, making sure that the front desk does their job, that the trainers, it's, they're, like I said, I don't like manage them. They, they have fitness classes. Uh, the, 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 everyone's met their certifications, business licenses, et cetera, insurances. Um, I don't do, luckily I don't do any of the billing. That's him. That's, that's his expertise. So, so it's very, runs very smooth. The pro on that is, I can, I make sure whoever I bring in to our team, as far as a trainer, trainer, especially is the right person to fit our team. Like we all work so well together, like in, not just like as a group, but you know, one's over there on the TRX. I take, make sure my clients here, we kind of, it's like that dance in the gym with, so you're not in each other's business and you know, you, someone's on this machine. You make sure you, you we, we coordinate very well like that. So we all respect each other and work together a long time. So I, can make sure that we don't bring somebody into that environment that would maybe stir that up and not, you know, make it drama or toxic and we, we can control that. And that's great. And the same with the front desk, you know, I've kind of figured out the best type of people to work at the front desk that, you know, make the gym better, but also like being there. High school athletes, they're one of my favorites. They love a free gym membership. They think it's cool to be in the gym. Most of the time, all the kids that have ever worked for us stayed there all through high school. They come back from college. They work in their summers. You know, it's great. So that's really, you know, a great athlete. The cons would be every little thing that goes wrong that isn't even my control. Sometimes my boss is like, what do we do? And I was like, it's your gym. I don't know you. He wants me to make the call on some things that really have nothing to do with me. It's basically that you want to pay for that. Do you want to spend that? Do you want to, you know, and, and, but like I said, he's like, I, I joke that he had better be in his will because I'm like his second daughter. <laughs> we have a, we have a real, he's an older guy. We have a good relationship. So it works out well. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So one of the things that we talked about off the air when we were, 
we're getting to know each other a little bit here is you have had a, a hand or say in changing the way the gym's been marketed over the years, um, adapting from old school to new school and keeping an eye and ear open for where people are, where their eyeballs are and, and how you get people interested above and beyond just the people who move or come to the area and just Google the closest gym. What are some of those other things that you've helped to put into place? Well, I think the, the biggest thing uh, was making having him allow non-members to train at the gym because that's always the thing. People are like, oh, I want to train with you, but I don't feel like joining the gym. I'm like, oh, you don't have to. And it's actually, we don't upcharge. We don't, we don't even make it like we, we're all with, it's the same cost when you train with us, whatever our fee is. So there are people like that. Cause they're like, oh, it's, I can then just work out the person. And then if we give them, we give them a better rate. If they do want to join, we maybe give them, you know, 10 pack on class punch cards. Cause we're trying to keep them in our gym, whether it's not just with me or also taking classes, working on their own. But I think that people really like that aspect because they're looking, okay, I'm going to start working with a trainer and I got to join a gym. And I, and so it's a little more like they can take baby steps that way. And that being said, provides the trainers with extra revenue where they don't have to worry about it just being members, but it also brings more training people, which means the boss who makes 25% of all the money coming in from trainers makes a lot of money off the trainers because they can have a whole pool of, of people, not just members. And no members get upset about that. It's great. They don't think, oh, well, that guy's not, they don't ever. And probably because they're used to new faces all the time because of, like I said, the visitors, you know, like perfect example, we have, we have the heritage golf tournament coming up in a couple of weeks. It's a really big golf tournament. We allow all the caddies and players that want to work out for free. And every member thinks that's the coolest thing ever. They love seeing the caddies. They love seeing an occasional golfer. So, you know, that's like a neat thing we do. Same with the art center. We have a really great art center on the island off Broadway, they all come from New York. They get to work out the whole time we're here for like 10 bucks. I mean, they do that Planet Fitness, they love it. Our members think that's so cool. Oh my God, look at them, they're the professional dancers. So it's that kind of thing that's really makes it, you know, more of a accessible gym and more of a fun gym and still profitable because like I said, you know, he's making money on, on lots of different ways. So, so you're over there waving your hands, get the ideas. Hey, this is how we, you know, how we can be involved in the community. This is, you know, let's, let's be on Facebook and not in the phone book. Let's, let's yeah. make sure that the members are excited about things that, that we can do that maybe, you know, it, it doesn't a little bit of wear and tear on equipment, but it doesn't cost you really anything to have somebody come in that gets members excited and works yeah. out for a week or something like that. So a lot of the kind of grassroots, you know, in the area, things that you can do there for sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, you have your training clientele, you have the, you know, the tasks that you do to keep things running there. Um, you've been involved with the gym for a long time. Um, are there any things that, you know, you have in the pipeline between you and the owner, things that you'd, you'd like to see happen, um, you know, any kind of initiative, just, just kind of goals for the business and where you fit into it. Yeah. Um, you know, always getting him to pull the trigger. He's, he, we always joke. He's, he's very frugal, rich man, but getting him to pull the trigger on certain things. Sometimes I just have to, sh you know, push him through the door, not, at, not ask, just do. But one of the big things me and another trainer friend of mine have been really trying to get him to do is like I mentioned you, we have a little outside area with like a pull-ups, old school flipping tires. We really want to make that bigger and better and then more private. Like, but it requires 
some to make it bigger, like excavating, things like that with the ground and all that kind of stuff. We are on an island, so certain areas flood, and that's one of the areas. So we're trying to push that. And pre-COVID, a lot of people like to work out, and it's a very large field, especially for an island, that he could really maximize a better outside-style training part to the gym, whether it's boot camp classes, individual people, you know. So that's one of our big pushes. Like I said, the other trainer and I, uh, guy trainer I work with, we're, we've been getting him to get on board with that slowly, but he's coming on. Yeah. Are you, are there any things, um, that you feel like you would need to have in place to either, you know, push, push that through to make it seem, uh, you know, worthwhile investment, time, energy, money, all that. Are there, are there things that stand out to you that you'd like to see happen in order to feel comfortable doing that? Well, yeah, like he, he, he's the one that needs to really get the, the, the outside area up to speed to be able to handle, you know, an entire gravel pit or, you know, for the, for the tires. And just cause it's, it's great in the little area we have, but to make it go, if you, if you get a bad enough rain here, there's three feet of water over there. So that's, island life so you'll he needs to get doing that aspect so luckily we have a lot of commercial contractors at my gym so i'm always poking in their ear so they poke in his ear and that kind of stuff so i think he knows that it's a return he just has to leap forward and, and do it he also he also um does a lot like he he's not a good delegator like he runs a ton of commercial properties on this island so he's very busy so trying to get him to focus on one thing and stay this is what we're doing now you know so hopefully you know that but my my the guy i work with phil is always doing this Adam. so i think he's it's you know and our goal is by the fall to have that done that's our goal well i mean that's the way it sounded, I was thinking that it might be a little bit further off, but if you get it, you know, if you get it done by the fall, that sounds like it'll well, yeah, be. We have most of the equipment. We have all the tires. We have all the other, we have stuff that it can be ready to go. And the other stuff, like build a little cinder block wall. We already have that because it's the outside of the building. So we have like the med ball throws and all that. We have it. We just need to refine it. And Got it. Got it. Okay. So for you personally, um, you know, I know that you're, again, you're doing a lot of training. You have, you know, you've been doing this a long time. Are there any things that you still, um, you know, aspire to in your career, whether it's, you know, having your own facility, um, you know, doing different things, training trainers, are there any big things there that stand out for you? Do you feel like where you are at your point in your career, you're pretty content? Yeah, I would never, uh, want to own it personally own the gym myself i think uh just a lot of headaches in my opinion <laughs> you would probably know that too um for sure. and i really love as much as i love helping with the business i really my my love is helping people so and i feel like i've over all the years like i've been training i've i love it all my clients are great i've can't honestly say i've not i don't have one client that I don't, I didn't love training or helping. And I've trained a lot of older people or people with MS and, and all sorts of different issues that I feel like I've contributed. So that's for me, I think that's, I've hit that as far as where I want to go. Um, and I do some online training, you know, that's great. But honestly, I love the one-on-one. I love being with the people because I have a lady, I FaceTime with her six, six, 
six sessions, then we do one face-to-face. -face. And I was like, can we do more face-to-face? -face? <laughs> just because it's just so much better for me, but that a lot of the online training is the way to go. It's just, for me, I love the one-on-one. -on -one. But yeah, I've been doing this a long time and I feel like it's, um, we've, I've, we, all the trainers I work with too, I feel like we've really established a solid uh, program here. And, you know, just until I retire, I think this would be exactly what I would want to do. If I, if I could retire and do what I want, and I would definitely start helping people that couldn't afford trainers, you know, like if I hit the lottery, that's what I would do. If I didn't have to get money for it, because it's really quite sad that a lot of the people that need our help can't afford our help, you know, it's, even on the even on an island, you think where everyone's got a lot of money, it's not the case. Yeah, there's there's always pockets. There's always you know different situations for sure. So yeah, I think that gets overlooked sometimes. So um, you know, I I guess I hope you hit the lottery and, and be able <laughs> to do that, or maybe you know get to a point where you can retire and and volunteer. I think um, whatever the case may be, I think that that's fantastic. So we are nearly out of time here. Um, before I let you go. I need to get from you. Um, tell us where people can find you. Um, you. You're a big, you know, visitor tourist area. So uh, if our listener base wants to check you out, um, well, our website is Helen Head Island website. Are you on any social media? Where can people find you? Yeah, we're breakthroughfitnesshhi.com is our website, and it's up in our class schedule and all the good stuff, client profiles and um, staff profiles. Um, we are on Instagram and we are on Facebook. We're on both under Breakthrough Fitness. Um, we are on the south end of the island. So if you know where, if you ever heard of Sea Pines, we're about three blocks from Sea Pines. So really centrally located. Um, we get, a, like I said, a lot of visitors. We're a pretty large, a 12,000 square foot gym, but we are also, there's also ironically a Mexican restaurant right next door. So <laughs> in the same building. So Sign me up. Yeah, right? I mean, you can't get wrong with that. So pretty easy to find. We're on, um, like I said, south end. If you just put it in your Google Maps, it'll take you right to it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that is officially the time that we have here, Stacy. I appreciate you being on. It's been a pleasure having you. I, I wish you and the business continued success. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your time here. We hope you found value in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Peyton Swift of Warehouse 660, coming to you from Kirksville, Missouri. Peyton, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm I'm great, man. Uh, we've had a lot of snow these last couple of weeks, and being able to come in with some nicer weather, it's been a been a good change of pace. But no, I'm, yeah. it's been a great day. It's been a great and, day. And always a great day when we get to run a business in the fitness industry, right? At the end of the day, we're running gyms. We're not doing surgery. We're not doing anything crazy. So here we are. We're here to talk about a Warehouse 660. Obviously, I want to get into the strategies and the tactics and all that you do to, to operate and to grow this thing. But before we do that, give us a little bit of a, an elevator pitch or, or a quick idea of what this business actually is. When you describe warehouse 660 to people what do you tell them well um unlike a lot of gyms i feel uh you kind of have places with that are kind of one or the other you know you hit one specific demographic and one nice thing i feel we we have at warehouse 660 is we have a we have a very large family our age range on average every day averages from 20 to 80 you know we'll have we'll have our older crowd kind of in the morning you know who love some of our easier machines. And we've also got the, uh, you know, your meatheads that come in at night, you know, the after five group, you know, your, your Instagram flexors, you know, the whole nine. And even, even with equipment aside, you know, we do have some wellness services in our facility as well to, to add to the package. Uh, we sell supplements, we do massage therapy. Um, this last year we added physical therapy, um, a couple of other small things we do. We cut hair in here too. You know, I mean, little little things here and there plus some tanning yoga classes plenty of classes i mean we i like to think we're the we're the walmart of gyms we do a little bit of everything we don't may not necessarily have the highest quality of everything but we try to strive for the best we can yeah and so a number of different components to this right there's a lot of different layers but at its heart right the main service that we're offering is kind of the the membership model, right? People paying a monthly membership, coming oh. and doing their own thing. And then we kind of layer on other things on top of that, personal training, some group training besides. Exactly. To, to wrap our head around the, the scale of the, most of our audience are, are gym owners. You and I talked about that already. To wrap our head around kind of the size of the operation, give us an idea of how many people in total do you guys serve? Um... So just members alone, uh, we're just now creeping into the 1,000 range. Um, just to give you an idea, our population itself is, I would say, under 20,000. And so we're getting, you know, a 20th of the population, you know, at all times. So, I mean, that's a pretty decent number. And mm -hmm. what's even funnier is we're actually just we're almost barely scratching the surface. There's still a lot of, a lot of people in our area that we don't quite get, you know, because we don't have childcare here. That's always been a, a big thing in some gyms is being able to, Hey, do I have a place to bring my kids? Um, that's probably one of the things that we've seen that's probably hindered us the most, but being able to, you know, add other things such as a walking track that bring in some of the, the older people is, you know, that give and take, you know, yep. we may not this, so maybe we could add this and still see, the gain that we're looking for. Yeah. And, and so for even further context here, obviously the last 24 months in our industry have been crazy. Everybody's been hit gyms of all kinds and businesses of all kinds too. 
that membership number in total, how does it compare to pre-pandemic? So I, I'm probably in a, in a very interesting spot to where even post-pandemic, we've seen the greatest rise in our membership. Good, okay. Um, was it all at once? No, uh, definitely came in surges. Um, especially after releasing of vaccines, we definitely saw bigger surges around those points. But right. um, I will I will be honest. There a couple things did did fall our way. Um, obviously, when we added the physical therapy, uh, the building that they were operating out of ended up shutting down. Uh, it was starting to kind of fall apart. It was getting old, and obviously with with COVID, they were trying to find ways to save some money. So they ended up closing the building, and they actually had a a much larger gym population than we realized at the time. And so, you know, we thought, you know, at the start of the pandemic, what's one thing we can do to, to fix some of the revenue we were going to lose. Uh, we ended up only being closed 42 days. Um, we ended okay. up uh, basically postponing one month's worth of payments. Uh, we ended up giving people like 15 days worth just to, to even it out. Um, but even the, the 42 days that we were closed, we still ended up making, five percent year over year even though we were closed for 42 days and that's you know, obviously not just including gym memberships you know that was massage therapy and right. all of our businesses that didn't make us any money either yeah and so somewhat business as usual right we're able to to carry on and and you mentioned growth throughout that time let me ask it this way how does that that membership total how does that compare to what you think is possible are we approaching capacity or is there room for growth still um, even with uh, current facilities, I still think there's some room for growth, but um, we've, like I said, we've, we've been, we're in a nice, interesting spot where we're actually about to add probably another 300 square feet to the facility, which actually, no, that's a little, no, that's not the right number. I'm sorry. 30,000, 30,000. That's a bit more impactful. Okay. Sorry about that. Not much of a math guy, unfortunately, but um, yeah. So, I mean, we actually added a similar amount of space uh, the year before we were able to obviously add the walking track and then we're going to do the same thing again to where our, basically our full warehouse that we had is going to be almost completely redone. Yeah. And, and so adding to the facility, regardless, whether it's 3000 or 30,000 adding to the facility gives us the ability to bring more people in, right? At the end of the day, yeah we're putting out investment into the facility with the intention of matching that with revenue, right? And so that, that brings us really nicely to the idea of marketing, right? How do we get people in? How do we generate interest in the business in the first place? And so for you guys, what does marketing consist of? How are we getting leads in to eventually convert to paying members? Um, well, one thing I will tell you that we stay away from is uh, we don't do any calling out to people. So obviously if we have clients that are to come in and say they don't sign up that day, are we, are we going to call them, you know, in two days, five days a week? No, we don't, we don't really do that. We think our, our product sells itself, but we also do think that there's a little effort we can do our end as well. So basically we feel we've got two roads at that point. Um, our personal fare that's worked really well for us has been word of mouth. Um, you know, maybe offering a $10 off coupon if you bring a friend, stuff like that. Um, post sharing on Facebook has been really big for us, as well as just keeping a constant stream of 
what I would consider our our main sellers. Um, I don't necessarily uh, say advertise our short term memberships. I will only you know advertise long term memberships because obviously long term is going to make us more money in the long term. But I also want people to see this as an investment. You know, I mean, even in the fitness world, you can get certain distance in three months but you know think about how far you get if you put it in a year's worth of effort oh absolutely yes it's on and so a lot of word of mouth has been really good um facebook again we do emailers on occasion um we do direct emails with clients that say we haven't seen in a certain amount of time uh especially massage clients um that's where we see our revenue fluctuate the most actually jim's in our mind has been very consistent. Um, even with our, our loss rate, we never really have to get into desperation mode. And so yeah. for us, you know, massage therapy is where we see the biggest growth in our secondary revenue. I see. Okay. So obviously EFT revenue, membership revenue is, is kind of stream number one, massage therapy close second, what else are we doing PT? Are we doing group training? Are these things that you guys can monetize? We'd literally do all of it. Um, unfortunately our classes we include in our, in our membership, uh, okay. we're in an area where something like an orange theory wouldn't necessarily survive. And so most places just kind of try to pull in some, some outside instructors that are like, Hey, you know, I've, I've done this in X, you know, would this be something you'd like to hold at the gym? You know what? We can give it a try, see how it goes, that sort of thing. Uh, we use it as a retention tool. Um, obviously, you know, if there's a, if there's ever a population of people that would want, you know, more intense classes, it would be something we would definitely be able to offer, especially with more space. But um, tanning is kind of one of those. It's very hit or miss. I mean, some months it could make us, you know, 10 grand, but then, some months it might make us a thousand, you know, but do we necessarily do a lot of advertising for it? Not necessarily. Um, personal training is kind of the same way. It's, it's more of those as we fill up the bodies that we have, but obviously if we ever get to a point where we're starting to have an overflow, we just, we just pull in another, a lot okay. of those just, we just got to hit certain stepping stones first before we look into either, more space, more people, more things. And so far we, we always hit our benchmarks and same thing with a massage therapy. We were running basically two and a half full-time therapists. And we actually upgraded it to three this last year. And we've been able to increase that massage revenue by almost 30%. Yeah. So we're bringing in money from, from a couple of different directions. Group is included. So that's not monetized, but PT is, is something that seems like it would be kind of the next target for you guys. Has that come across your radar for something that you guys can grow? Um, oh yeah. I mean, uh, I've already got a, a couple trainers that are ready to go if they, if they want to, unfortunately our area demographic wise and money wise, uh, stuff doesn't cost a lot around here. Um, just give you an example, the average rent on most apartments here is under $500. And that's the average Mm -hmm. and most anywhere else that's not even close. And so the same goes with a lot of the sold goods in our area as well. So gym membership wise, we, I would say we charge in between 20 and $40 a month for our memberships and personal training is one of those, since it's very specialized, we want to make sure the people that we bring in are one being compensated and two, we're making money that makes sense to us. And so with personal training, it's been, 
good example. Ours is 98% weapon. Okay. And, and it's not that we haven't had men asked. It's just a very little amount of men have asked. Sure. Um, so it's one of those things like, could, could we be missing out on that demographic? We could, you know, we don't, like I said, we don't really, we don't do any cold calling. We don't. Yeah. It sounds like you just haven't pushed it. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's one of the things we haven't really had the, the need to push quite yet, but it's one of those things where, you know, if we start, you know, advertising that we could see, you know, 10, 15% growth, you know, in one month, or it could be one of those things where we're still right where we're at and we're not out anything. Yeah. And, and so pay. And when you when you say we haven't advertised it, we're doing advertisements. What are, where are these advertisements going? Is this traditional newspaper, radio, TV stuff? Is it more digital, online, Google, Facebook, Instagram? Where where are you guys putting these ads? So everything that we do is digital. Uh, we tried a newspaper as well as radio in my first year, and our, our growth rate wasn't quite where we wanted it. And so I made the suggestion, you know, let's just, let's just keep it all personal. Let's keep it all word of mouth and see if we can't, you know, entice people to help bring in more people. You know, if, if you're going somewhere and you're satisfied, you know, why wouldn't you tell somebody type of thing? Of course. Sure. And eventually I feel Facebook's almost the same thing, except there's no actual human interaction. You can be like, yeah. you know, I really like this place. It's popping up on my Facebook feed. I'll just send it off. You know, I'll, I'll share it. I'll send it to my friend. And Luckily, with a lot of our analytics, especially like Google, you did mention Google, we, we do use Google as well. Um, and we're able to see how well everything's doing. And yeah, that's the best part of it is, is the measurability of it. And, and Facebook and Google, to your point, if people are looking for gyms, they're going to Facebook, they're going to Google, they're going to Instagram, right? We need yeah. to hit them where they are. 100%. So that, that's been a, a tremendous resource in the fitness industry. And almost a natural extension of word of mouth. Like you said, it's so easy to share a post. It's so easy to comment and tag people. And so it's, it, it becomes the shareability factor. That's really the best part of it. And, and at the same time, we can, if we're registered as a business account, we can put some money into it and really amplify those things, right? If we need more members, we can turn it up. If we are close to capacity, we can turn it down. The, the control is far more usable than with the traditional methods of, of radio and TV. And, and I'm going to actually throw something out there to you. That's probably going to be a little surprising. So this in the last 12 months, we have spent less than $50 on advertising. Yeah. Everything we've done has been, has been free, has been um, incentivized. And so we've actually, our, our marketing budget's actually very low just because we've haven't had the need for it. You know, we would yeah. rather, we would rather benefit our customers with a discount and have them bring someone in versus spending, you know, an extra $50 to reach an extra 300 people on Facebook. It's one yeah. thing if they're reading it, but if it's another thing, they're, you're getting your friend to bring you in here or, Hey, come, come get a couple's massage with me sometime, you know, or, Hey, let me get you a gift card. You can get you a 30 minute, whatever, get a, let me get you a week trial to the gym, which most of the time I just offer those for free anyway, but just sure. things here and there, it shows that we, we value our community in which case they'll feel themselves valued. And then they would want to, you know, come into the facility or spend a little more money or whatever it may be. Sure. Well, I mean, let me, let me pose this to you and, and sort of play devil's advocate for a minute. How many people do you guys bring in in, a, in, a, in an average month? Um, 
right now we i would say we're plus or mi plus the minus meaning you know if you count how many we gain and then subtract how many we lose we probably net 10 to 15 new members every month okay so so net positive are you happy with that pace or do you think you guys could accelerate it um I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that pace at the moment because we will get to a point where space will become an issue until we are able to add the facility. So do I necessarily want more growth at this very second? No, but I know once we finish the construction that we're doing, then yes, 100%, 110 Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, when we talk about growing a business like this, it's pretty simple when we boil down to it. We can either get more people or get more money from the people that we have. And, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And so for you guys moving forward, do you think the focus will be on adding to that general membership? Or do you think the focus will be on getting more people into some higher level, higher ticket services? Well, I, uh, I like to think I'm an overachiever. I'm always going to go for both. Both. <laughs> I'm going to go for both. Um, I, I think there's a, a very fine line between the two. And I, I think you can do both at the same time if it's done right. Sure. Um, obviously, what I, a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people do like to do. I always listen to any, any complaints that my members have. I basically have an open door policy. If there's something that we could do better, I would love to hear about it. You know, if there's something that we don't have here that you can think that might be a benefit, please tell me. And for the most part, that's always been a, a really good concept for me because we, like I said, we've been able to year over year, basically 20% every year over year since I've been a part of the business. And so I feel we've, we're, we're doing something right. And so being open about what we're doing right and or wrong is never a bad thing. And for the most part, uh, our biggest growth has been, you know, just adding more and more people, but you know, that other side of that coin, like I said, it's, I think it can be a very, a very 50, 50 approach. And I think if you're growing in both ways, evenly, I think you're going to see a much greater value, you know, five years in the future. Oh yeah. The, the beauty of this model is that there are so many different ways that you can serve people. We can make money in all kinds of different directions and it's, it's beneficial to the member. We know that these services work and they're valuable, but it's beneficial to the business as well to have these different revenue streams coming in and really be fortified. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. So one, uh, one big piece I always like to talk about is our, is our infrared sauna. Now on paper, the infrared sauna is, you know, you, you see it as a as box to get hot in, you know, you sweat it out, burn some calories. And so for someone who's trying to cut weight, that's, that's a big, that's a lovely piece to have. But there's also some added medical benefits to it as well, such as people that have fibromyalgia. Um, I had a, uh, a woman use it for roughly a whole year. I did it as kind of a, a little study. And in that year, she, with her fibromyalgia, she, anytime she was in our machine, she was never in any pain. Uh, she was able to lose 25 pounds. She was able to increase her flexibility. And frankly, she was able to have a better outlook on life. And so, you know, when you think of an infrared sauna, you wouldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily think wellness, you know, you're thinking, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to cut water. I'm going to, I'm going to try to look good, but then you've got that, that healing side. And that's one of the big things that I've myself started to think about a bit more is, you know, I can obviously add, you know, three squat racks to the building and I would probably still gain 20 members, 
or I can add another massage therapist and I can maybe get 10 more current massage clients, or I can turn those people into gym members once they decide, you know, hey, you know what, I want to start being a little more active, you know, what do you have for me? Having that, that full circle of help is, I think, where a lot of gyms just everywhere could benefit from. And I know a lot of them always try to delve into those pieces, but especially being able to delve into the wellness side, I mean, that's, that's a demographic that I think any gym would love to have. Oh yeah. And, and a lot of the facilities that we see that are the most successful find themselves in the, the one-stop shop category where you can go and get fitness, of course, but you can get nutrition consulting. You can get recovery with things like massage. You can get food, supplements, drinks, oh, yeah. whatever else. And, and all of these things combine to make what is a really impressive revenue in the grand scheme of things. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for the, and, I would say for the most part, a lot of these additional streams besides gyms membership have a very, uh, I would consider it low risk, high reward. I, obviously, if you buy, you know, $20,000 worth of wrong equipment, I mean, at some point, you're going to lose money trying to sell that back. But if you say bring in a, bring in a new class format for a month, you know, there's, there's no huge risk there, but if it takes off, you know, there's something additional that you can work on later that could, like you said, bring in more money. For sure. And so uh, let me kind of bring this back and kind of wrap this whole thing up. Peyton, for you, what's the big vision for this business? Where do you think, or how big do you think it can go? How big do you want to take it is probably a better way to word that. Well, I mean, I would say there's, there's the, the far dream. I wouldn't mind managing multiple facilities, maybe not necessarily turning this into a franchise, but you know, maybe put two or three more of these in areas that a good example, we have a college here in town that has two other facilities in like St. Louis and Kansas city, you know, having some to where a lot of those people are bouncing around from, you know, a lot of people, especially the younger people that move here, most of them come from the St. Louis, Kansas city area. So having what I would consider that triangle of area would be super beneficial, but um, you know, I, frankly, we're, we're doing everything I like to do. I would just like to, I just like to see the revenue number keep increasing. Um, I don't see it ever getting to a point of, you know, leveling out. I always, I can always see us going up. And for me, that's always fun. You know, most high score, right? I mean, I will tell you most people who I would say work out have probably had the thought of, you know, owning a gym, working in a gym. And I hope if, if it's something that they're on the fence about, give it a try. It's, it's it's fun experience. It's a different experience. You you get something out of it that I honestly didn't expect. Yeah. So for me, being able to be a part of it from the business side as well as the fitness side, it's just it's a dream come true. For sure, Peyton. That's probably a good thing, good place to to start to conclude this interview. But where can people learn a little bit more about this? What's the best website for them to go to? Um, obviously warehouse660.com is always a good place. Um, our Facebook page has also, uh, got a lot of information as well as our, uh, our Google page as well. Yep. And so make sure we connect with Peyton and the business on all of these platforms, man, this has been awesome. I, I really appreciate your time and your contribution here and, and we'll have to see where this thing takes you down the road. Yeah, I really appreciate your guys' time today. And, uh, I look forward to seeing more from you guys.
Fantastic. Well, sir, thank you to everyone else who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.